Hello, welcome to John's Author Diary for the week, ending September the 6th, 2020. I've had a busy week. I've been working on The Sun, which is book 19 of the Ravenglass Chronicles. Now, I still feel like I'm not even halfway through yet. There seems to be a lot of story in this book. So I'm playing through it, doing the cycling thing, so maybe it just feels a bit slower than it would do normally. But I am getting the scenes finished and then moving on to the next one. So who knows? I'll see when I do my tracking and look at the word count at the end and things like that. But I am really enjoying writing it. I'm enjoying the experience of this and kind of starting to bring things together, starting to put all the pieces in place for the final couple of episodes. So it's starting to feel like I'm getting a bit closer to the end. So that's pretty cool. That's a good feeling. Now, I'm not committing myself to anything, but this is just an idea that I've been having this week. Is I think before or around the time I was planning the Ravenglass Chronicles, I had the idea for another fantasy series or maybe a fantasy standalone that was set in a completely different world that is the type of story that would probably be more suited to doing a traditional publishing deal. So it's a little bit more out there. It's a very strange world. And it's kind of a bit more of an artsy story, a bit more of a literary style than what I'm doing at the moment, which I think has a more of a commercial feel. I am thinking that I'm planning to go to Egypt next year. And I think that there will be something about that visit that will give me ideas that will change something or will be quite an important experience. So I'm thinking that I might use the next few months after I've finished the Ravenglass Chronicles to write this story, to write this new story. This is one of those ideas that came to me in a dream quite a while ago, and it's one that's just been pestering me, I would say. So it might just be a standalone, and it might be that I write it and send it off to traditional publishers. I am an indie author, but there are certain things that I can't do as an indie author that I can if I've got a book that's published by a so-called real publisher that is past the gatekeepers in London or New York or wherever. So I'm going to try it out anyway. I'm going to send it off to publishers, maybe. That's if I do it. (laughs) Not committing myself to anything at the moment. I won't be doing anything to do with agents. If I'm doing it, it needs to be directly with a publisher. And there will be certain conditions that I will want from them, such as including links to my mailing list so I can actually talk to my readers directly rather than doing it through the gatekeepers and the intermediaries and things like that. It might not be the most positive way to go into this kind of deal, but I do see traditional publishing as essentially a rights grab, but as a strategic thing for me to get into more conferences, get more of that kind of weird credibility that you get from a traditional publishing deal, then okay, it might be worth it. It might open up other doors. I don't know. And it might not happen at all. I'd be looking for a business partner, not someone to just inflate my ego or something like that. So we'll see what happens. I don't even know if I'm going to write it yet. I just feel like the timing is a, it's a good place to do something that's really different, really out there, different style, and doesn't have the same kind of pressure that I get with producing the Ravenglass Chronicles, for example. So in terms of reading, I suppose I've been on a bit of a thing of reading occult-style books, esoteric stuff. So I read one called The Finding of the Third Eye, which was a bunch of kind of esoteric philosophy. And then I read one that was just called The Occult Book, which was basically a history of occult stuff. And then I read one called The Complete Guide to Mysterious Beings. This was by John A. Keel. So I read his book Operation Trojan Horse last week. So it was one of those recommendation things. I thought, eh, why not? 
and that was pretty good. I wouldn't necessarily call it a complete guide, but it was still pretty decent. I also listened to a thing on the Tim Ferriss podcast the other day, which was a extract from The Pair of Myth by Joseph Campbell. So this was a bunch of interviews that were done, I think in the 80s, with Joseph Campbell about myth and about storytelling and things like that. So I just got the whole series of that. Listen to that. Really good. Really worth listening to. I'd recommend that as a kind of overview of his philosophy as a good introduction to myth and human psychology and things like that. So love that stuff. Also ended up listening to a bunch of David Icke interviews this week. David Icke, if you're not familiar with him, is a conspiracy theorist and he's into some very out there things. One thing I like to do is I take a journalistic approach with sense making. So what that means is I don't necessarily buy into politics in the in the sense of like right, left, that kind of thing. So what I usually do is take perspectives from a lot of different viewpoints, a lot of different frames, and try and get through the noise because there's no right answer to a lot of these things. Everyone has their biases, their flawed assumptions. And so if you can get a broad range of views, a broad range of opinions, you're kind of drifting closer towards something that could be called true, maybe. And so David Icke is basically at the fringes of possibility but what i find interesting about him is his frame his frame of reference the lens that he uses to look at the world is so skewed but it's also internally consistent and i think that's really interesting i think the fact that he can get an internally consistent worldview that makes perfect sense within his logical framework but is also just completely out there is very interesting in terms of making sense of the world, in terms of trying to understand what's going on around us. So we did a series of interviews with a podcast called London Real, and I remember at the time one of them getting banned, and then David Icke got deplatformed from YouTube and Facebook and things like that. And the things he was talking about were things to do with like the coronavirus and 5G and all those conspiracies. And when you deplatform someone who's going about that stuff... That doesn't detract from what he's saying, it does the opposite, it adds fuel to that fire. It seems to add weight to what he's saying, that there is a cover-up. It's like, people are suppressing this information. And they did the same with Alex Jones, who's another conspiracy person. And I've always had the view of, when you bury those voices, they become stronger. If you put them out in the light, they wither. So we saw this with Nick Griffin, who was the leader of the BMP, which is the British National Party, which is basically a a right-wing racist political party in the UK. And for years they were suppressed, they were kept down, they were kept out of the media. The BBC brought them onto Question Time. People were very unimpressed that that happened. They were like, no, you don't give that man a platform. Don't let him talk. Ah, keep him away. Which, of course, leads to the mystique. And then he got to talk and he got to debate and he looked like an idiot. Suddenly the BMP evaporated. So, deplatform, burying this stuff, not good, not good. Really short-sighted. Don't agree with David Icke, don't agree with Nick Griffin, but I want to hear what they've got to say, and I don't need a big tech company telling me what I can and can't hear. So, I would recommend listening to the David Icke stuff. It's nuts, it's out there. I don't buy it, but, as I always say, it's story fuel. So, moving on, this week my wife and son went back to school. So, my wife's a teacher, my son's nearly eight. And so they've both gone back. I'm now at home by myself. It feels really weird. I don't think I've had this much time by myself since the start of lockdown. So six months of always having someone in the house. And it's weird. I miss them. 
miss them being around. I miss the noise. I miss the sounds in the house. So it just feels very quiet. Um, my productivity hasn't gone up much. I think that's just getting used to the new routine. You know, I just need to get back into it now, build it up, build it up, and hopefully get back to where I was before in terms of word counts and things like that. I also did a speech for the Lancaster and Morecambe Speakers Club this week. So we had to do one on the theme of travelling. I ended up doing one called Travelling on Six Legs. And it was about guide dogs. So I talked about going around with a guide dog and how I ended up getting one. And just some stories about my first guide dog called Watson. So that was good. Made me reflect on how much I miss Watson. He retired in 2015. He was my first dog. And when he retired, he went to leave with a different family. And I've not seen him since. And, you know, I spent seven years with him at my side. And so it was almost like mourning the loss of a loved one because there is this weird mutually dependent connection that you get with a guide dog that you don't really get with pets. It's like you really look out for each other. You gel and you, you get this kind of weird body language connection or something like that. And so it was cool to think about him and some of the fun times we had. So next week then, Monday and Tuesday, my wife's at home. She's down to three days now. So she's only been in three this week. She's going to be in three next week and that's how it's going to be. Oh, my son is still going to be at school. So I'm just going to keep working on the son. My aim is to get that written by the end of next week, or at least early the week after. And I've also had a local journalist get in touch with me about doing an interview, writing a feature. So I'm just in the middle of arranging that. So I should have some kind of local press soon. So until next time, cheerio. Cheerio.